Hey guys, on this episode of the Growing Knowledge Podcast, I have the great opportunity to interview Mr. George Deloach. Mr. Deloach has been involved in the rodeo industry for over 30 years and is currently an announcer for multiple rodeos and hosts a radio talk show within the Putnam County, Jacksonville area. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I had a blast recording it. So, uh, Mr. Deloach, why don't you kind of just tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are, what you do, where you come from, just some general information about yourself. I am uh, from Palatka, Florida, born and raised in Palatka, lived most of my life in uh, Palatka except for going off to college and then uh, one other business venture I took at one time for about a year and a half and came back. Um, I'm alumni of the University of Florida and I do, currently I'm doing a morning radio show and I'm the sports director for uh, a couple of radio stations, WLID, WPLK here in Palatka and uh, we uh, do some of the local sports, we do the Gator sports, we do um, local college here, which is uh, St. Charles River State College, do their sports and so forth. And, um, then we've got um, a professional rodeo announcer as well, and I do that on a lot of weekends. Of course, the coronavirus thing has that niche for the uh, next few weeks, but... Uh, and then uh, we involved a little bit with agriculture with a few cows and just uh, odds and things with that. All right, very interesting. So you touched about how you went to the University of Florida. What did you major in when you were there? Uh, engineering. Oh, re- okay. Yes. That was, um, honestly, I wanted to be an ag teacher um, when I came out, but uh my mom wasn't real happy with that because she thought that uh, teachers didn't make enough money to, to exist or live on as far as that went. So, uh, but um, anyhow, so that's why I, I volunteer a whole lot of time to uh, part of the FFA Alumni Association and I volunteer a whole lot of time to all the different chapters that we have here in Putnam County. Well, that's awesome. Um, you kind of talked about how you, you do a rodeo announcing and you do sports announcing for the local radio. Um, have you always been involved in, you know, sports and rodeos from an early age? Yes, I was involved in sports uh, from, you know, from playing, uh, well, they had called Babe, uh, Babe Ruth now. Back in our day, it was Little League, Little League ball. But uh, in that, I was involved not only through high school, sports through high school. And then uh, I was not good enough in sports to, to go play in any college. And uh, 
started talking about that, and from there, that's exactly how my rodeo announcing profession got started. Man, that's that's really interesting to think about how it all kind of started with one guy being late to his job. Um, we found out that he he had been in a car wreck. Oh wow! Of course, back in those days, there was no cell phone, and, and there was actually a deputy sheriff that came to the rodeo arena uh, to tell him that the rodeo announcer had been in a car, and he told them, you know, I don't have a way to get in touch with him. There's not a phone out there as far as I know. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> excuse me, so he. Uh, he got the sheriff's office deputy came out and told him, you know, so as a matter of fact, so when I got through doing the rodeo, I said, well, you know, uh, I'm headed out. And I said, you can't go anywhere. The, the rodeo announcer said, we don't have anybody else. I said, well, I'm not a rodeo announcer. He said, well, you are now. <laughs> so that's, that's how that got started. Oh, well, that's crazy. Um, so from that point on, did you, were you hired or sought out to do multiple rodeos or did it like take a little bit? rodeos did some things like there's a place called river ranch uh down just outside of lake wales between lake wales and Hall junction off highway 60 down there i did their smaller rodeos and it's a it's a dude ranch and still is a dude ranch and they did a rodeo every saturday night so i started doing a lot of their rodeos and then i actually had uh, the florida barrel racers association started sponsoring all girl rodeos where the girls rode bulls rode the buck and horses and mm. all that stuff and uh, my wife was uh, very heavily involved with that she was a barrel racer and we met because of rodeo and so um so i did a lot of their rodeos and then uh, the guy that i did that one for that i did by accident that i started with he said, you know, or he was got out of the contract with the guy. He said, you're interested in doing this all the time. And so, as a matter of fact, when the guy told me, he says, what I owe you. And I said, I don't even know what a rodeo announcer makes. Whatever you pay a rodeo <laughs> announcer, if you know, and I'm not, I'm not a professional. So, you know, give me a few dollars or whatever. And I found out when he paid me, I said, man, that that's guaranteed money. You go get on a bucking horse and you're still wrestling. You may or may not win money. You might go home with nothing in your pocket. Announcing yeah. is guaranteed payday. So, uh, <laughs> that's how how that started. Wow, that's that's really interesting. Um, so, over time, I'm going to assume that you kind of got better at the trade and better at your craft. Looking yes. back, what was what was one thing that was really helpful to you improving on your skills? Well, I actually talked to people that I thought were really good rodeo announcers, uh, Jerry Bellis. Uh, was probably the person that gave me the most help as far as that went. Jerry Bellis, is, he had announced the International Pro Rodeo Association finals for many, many years and uh, just a top-notch guy, re- really good guy. And uh, he gave me you know, a lot of insight and how to take notes and so forth. And so you uh, subscribe to a lot of publications. Of course, that was the day before the Internet, but rodeo publications, uh, who people were uh, when they you know came in. So you had some things to talk about. You know, some of those rodeo publications talk about you know the famous bucking bulls famous bucking horses and so forth so get you things to talk about and you do a little bit about them so i just started making a, an index file of some of these people that i started seeing and, uh, and then you get to know them and then you start working professional rodeo clowns you have bullfighters there are bullfighters and there's rodeo clowns that are entertainment clowns mm-hmm. and you used to work with them and i've uh, worked with some of the absolute best at the business and, and um you just basically you got a network that, that you build up there between these uh, rodeo of other contract acts, you know, trick riders, clowns, uh, bullfighters, and so forth. But uh, 
back, it just becomes second nature to you. So, how long have you been involved with the rodeo announcing and rodeos in general? Been involved with rodeos uh, since uh, late sixties, to be honest. Uh, that was a junior rodeo thing, and one of the very first uh, high school age rodeo deal they did in Ocala, Florida, over at the Southeastern Livestock Pavilion, and uh, nobody knew much about what that was all about. And that's where uh, our high school rodeo was is the only state. Uh, the state of Florida is the only state that has ever won a national championship uh, at, the, at the National High School Radio Association, primarily Texas, Utah, all those, both those states are huge for winning that. But 1984, um, that was the year that uh, had a bunch, of, a bunch of really good kids that made it happen. And my nephew, uh, Mike Deloach, was uh, the national team open header champion. Oh, wow. He was a sophomore in high school at that time. Huh. So, um, so that's how you know, just kids starting with junior rodeos, and I and I had volunteered at a lot of junior rodeos for free just to keep the sport going and to infuse yeah. uh, it. Just to, with, as with a lot of sports, just a lot of kids are are gaming and on computers and, and not getting out doing those type of sports, and so trying to keep the, the sport thriving. Mm. Uh, I've done a lot of volunteer work with uh, junior rodeos and high school rodeos as well. So you've been in the industry and in, within the business for you know, a long time. How have you seen the atmosphere of rodeos change over, over the years? When I, was, uh, when I was younger, it was mostly people that you grew up on a ranch or you grew up you know, riding horses, working cows, doing that kind of thing. And it was really, truly cowboy cowboys. You know? mm-hmm. so they, a lot of them made their living and, uh, in the cattle industry and so forth. But now it's, uh, it's an industry that, that is pretty lucrative. Um, back when I, if, if you want, if I were one of the bareback bronc riding in 1978 at some place, if, if I won 200 to $300, I, th- I thought I'd really done well. And now that's, uh, you know, they'll pay large rodeos like Cheyenne. I mean, it, it pays 50 grand. Yeah. And so <laughs> the sport of rodeo has gotten to be high dollar. Um, and going rodeos, you know, we just, uh, you used your livestock trailer, threw your horse on there, and took your regular pickup truck and did that. And now, um, you know, I, I have a, a dually truck. I have a living quarters trailer, you know, that hauls. I have a spot up, and I had that trailer built specifically so I can my sound equipment and all that stuff can go in one part of it. And I've got a living quarters trailer, and I've still got room to put three horses on the back. And and those rigs are, you know, you're looking at rough, you're looking at a ninety thousand dollar trailer basically. You're looking at a, you know, roughly seventy five thousand, hundred ten thousand dollar vehicle to pull it with. Mm-hmm. Where in the old days, you, you know, if you took a you took a bumper pull uh, stock trailer and, yeah. and went to the rodeos with it. And so there's a whole lot of money in rodeo that there wasn't there before. And you got a lot of people that are and what we and what we call the industry that there are rodeo cowboys and there are cowboy cowboys who make a living by working cattle, have a ranch, or do whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the rodeo arena or arena cowboys are the guys that you know they may not have ever pushed a cow, roped a cow uh, out in the woods or in a pasture ever. Yeah. But they might be the best in the business of the arena. So, did you grow up on a cattle ranch? We did. My, my grandparents came uh, 
this part many years ago, and they started uh, starting with a dairy, and that's how that's how it got started with a, a dairy, and then uh, they ended up with, with quite a big property in this area, and um, the dairy industry was just it's, it was one that you had to tend to do every single day, uh, twice a day for sure, and it was pretty much a, a 24-hour deal. And thank heavens, <laughs> by the time we got down to my generation, dairy cattle turned into beef cattle, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that, so that's just a whole different deal. And there's just, this area we live in in Palatka, there are a couple of families that have large, uh, large ranches as well. And we used to help each other, you know, uh, do all our cattle work and so forth. Um, and uh, there were days that you worked, during the summertime, you worked five days a week. You'd start, uh, you'd saddle up at 4.35 o'clock in the morning to go where you were headed to oh, to go wow. work cows. And it was dark before you got through. And if you're really lucky, on Friday, you could get off by 1 or 2 o'clock. And uh, at one time, I thought that I could make up, I was told that they needed, they needed a, baseball umpires when mm-hmm. I was a teenager and I played baseball and I needed umpires for little league and so they they paid five dollars a game and you could work all week long working cows you made like 30 bucks and from from daylight till dark so um as you know as a youngster so I decided I was gonna uh, be a baseball umpire make five dollars a game and after doing that for about two or three games, I found out there were lots of others that know one rule from the other, but they wanted to, uh, they called you all kind of names that uh, all I thought they only talked about at the end of the cow pen. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I decided I didn't want to be a baseball umpire anymore, but my, my father told me, he says, you committed to that, you're going to do it. <laughs> and so I decided I, I, I liked the back of a horse and the backside of a cow a whole lot better than I did doing that, <laughs> the backside of a plate. <laughs> So, with your agriculture background, did that kind of push you to join join FFA when you were in high school? Well, it's just, um, well, the, the ag teacher was there, and I have a total love of all kinds of agriculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything and everything to do with it, I, I love everything that, uh, about it. And uh, so, and ag, the ag teachers that we have and had here, Mr. Summers was the first ag teacher, and at that time, it was, it was junior high school and not middle school, mm-hmm. but Mr. Summers was the ag teacher, it was a top-notch guy, I've been there for years and years, and then uh, Mr. Ward was the uh, was the ag teacher at the high school, uh, remarkable men, and just, uh, they gave you a love for it, and if you liked anything to do with it, and I just, I wanted to learn, even parts of the agriculture I never had anything to do with at all, I just wanted to learn more and more about it and it was just uh, and, and everything about it and it was just like my grandfather always said and, and a lot of people have said you know if you find something you like to do you never work a day in your life mm-hmm. and uh, so anything to do with agriculture I, I thoroughly enjoy but I just uh, um, God gave me the voice to talk on and I, I was always told that forever that you know you got a voice a radio voice and um, so I try to try to do that and, and do good things and pay it back by the things I do on the junior rodeo circuit or the bridge circuit and so forth uh, to help these youngsters out. So your talk show or on your radio show, is it prim- it's primarily re- rodeo focused or? No, no, we do. Um, um, I actually started on, on the WPLK side uh, and they do oldies, which is music from the uh, Elvis Presley uh, up through the, 
the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. And I started on that side for a little bit, but uh, the guy that was that was the morning show host on the other radio station, WIYD, uh, is the country station. And when he retired, I just moved over there because that was more fit for me. And I knew the I knew the country. So we played music, and we have different guests that come in. Sometimes we'll do guest interviews over the phone and so forth. But uh, we played music, and then just uh, we'll talk with anybody and everybody. I, I bring in um, the agriculture kids from the different chapters we have here um, mm-hmm. in, our, in our county. So we have seven chapters uh, between the middle schools and the high schools here, and we'll bring in kids from there, from maybe the ag teachers sometimes talk to them, and then just different people that come in. We have county agriculture agent that comes in here. Uh, Dr. Wendy Mussolini is just absolutely fabulous. Uh, agriculture agent does a great job. Uh, she'll come and talk, and then she'll also send people in to talk. Well, that's really interesting. I really do appreciate you sitting down and talking to me, Mr. Deloach. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything you'd like to say, anything you'd like to plug um, before we wrap up? Well, I just think that what happens if you've not ever been, if you're a young person that's been involved with the Future Farmers of America, doesn't matter if you uh, like agriculture, have any agriculture, and if you live in an apartment building on the 15th floor, you can be involved with FFA. It gives you, teaches you leadership skills that you'll never mm-hmm. learn anywhere else. Absolutely. It, it gives you all the way around life. Uh, my grandfather said, you know, that FFA is, you know, Future Farmers of America, but uh, my grandfather said uh, FFA must stand for Farmers Farm alone because uh, you're always involved with everything involved with FFA. You can't get any help, but Mm-hmm. It's an outstanding, an outstanding organization, and anything that they do with it, don't care what you do in life, it's, it's an organization that can certainly help you. Absolutely. Well, I do really appreciate you sitting down and talking to me. Yeah, I, I, I've definitely learned a lot, and it was very interesting, so I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's uh, great talking to you. Right. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Growing Knowledge Podcast. I know I surely did, learning more about the rodeo industry and Mr. Deloach's career through, you know, it all started when one day um, a gentleman was 20 minutes late for the rodeo, and that's how it all got started for him. And, you know, it's um, like he said at the end, FFA is such an impactful organization, whether you become a farmer or you're directly involved in agriculture or not. And that's something I feel like a lot of people – should hold on to and should promote through whatever means possible is that FFA can help you in any career that you pursue. Uh, guys, I, I again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for all the support you've shown me. I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, and I, I love every single one of you guys. Um, just thank you so much, and I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>